bring you this message by the grace of God. As I like to say, Happy Easter to all of us. Happy Easter and welcome to the chapel of his resurrection on a resurrection morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I always like to say that. This is the chapel of his resurrection. So if you are here and you've not been resurrected already, <laughs> Hallelujah. So thank God for the difference between last year and now. If we cast our minds back to last year, we will remember that the last service we held together for a long time last year was the Good Friday service of last year. We came here on Sunday morning last year for Easter service only to be locked out that there is down a law that bars us from coming in to worship. So you can imagine the excitement with which I stand to speak to you today. So many of us went home, and at that time we didn't have visual yet. And some of us went to one of our, brother, one of our locations out there, and um, we were still able to worship. But it was never really the same. And so I give God praise for this morning. One thing that keeps recurring in my mind was that as at that time, our venerable was always saying, I mean, let me paraphrase. He was always saying that this too will pass. That it will come to pass. And I thank God that today it has come to pass. Hallelujah. Many people said at that time that COVID will kill you. It will kill you. Be careful. COVID will kill you people. And... As at this morning, when I took count, as at this morning, as at quarter past nine, I have taken count and found out that none of us is missing on account of COVID. Not one, not one person. It is not to the glory of any man, it is to the glory of the risen Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for those of us who got the infection, you know, like Paul, they just shook it off. And the thing just fell off. Praise the Lord. Please clap for Jesus again. You know, this season, I, I refer to it sometimes as the hallelujah season. If you take a look at all the hymns that we have sung so far, even the withdrawal hymn, you will notice that they all have hallelujah in them. So it, it would not be too much for us to be saying hallelujah, hallelujah. If it is only singing that we do today, in fact, we would have fulfilled what God has asked us to do. Hallelujah. The resurrection message is simply a message of love. It is a message of sacrifice. It is a message of hope. And the Easter season is my most favorite season in Christendom. I don't know about you. For some of you, maybe Christmas, maybe some other seasons. For me, it is Easter. Because by the resurrection of Jesus, his divinity is confirmed. No doubt. No apology. It also reminds us that death is not final. It is not the final habitat. Even death. <laughs> that song we sang says that even in the grave, that Jesus is what? Lord. It also reminds us that there is going to be a future reunion. Not
not just with the Lord, but with those, our brothers and sisters, who have left before us. It also reminds us that we have an opportunity to keep alive and stay alive forever. Hallelujah. It is the hallmark and the pivot, or if you like, the fulcrum of the Christian faith. No wonder Paul will say that our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty without what? The resurrection. It's empty. And you know, one thing I like about scripture is that it is so plain and so truthful. God's word, what do you expect? It simply tells you that if on this life alone, that is where we have our hope, then we are of all men most gonna pitiable. Simple and short. But praise to the Lord, because it is not only on this world, it's not only in this world that we have hope. We have hope of life everlasting. Because as Jesus himself has risen, so shall we also arise. And you know the beauty of his resurrection is not that. It is not just about our bodies rising up. It is also that in every area of our life, there will be what? A resurrection. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Unfortunately, the resurrection of Jesus is the singular event in the whole world that has come under the most attack. Because the enemy would not have it. The enemy would rather prefer that we remain sealed in the grave. Sealed in the sickness. Sealed in every kind of challenge. So, they bring up all sorts of things to make us forget about our faith. People of God, this morning I want to encourage us. We must not lose sight of what the Lord Jesus has already done. The finished work on the cross of Calvary. Don't let this testimony of the gift of God be taken away from you. You know, I have found that there are <laughs> several ways by which the enemy wants to steal this our faith from us. One of them is by bringing about doubts in our minds. Doubts. And there's something I like to call the did God say syndrome. Did God say? Did God truly say that he resurrected? Or was it not that he was not fully, you know, did God say? The enemy brings such words to our hearts. And then many times if we are not alert in the spirit, we will just be carried away. Another way the enemy does it is by raising up questions, needless questions, unnecessary questions in our hearts. It was like that too in the days of Paul. They were asking, okay, if there is a resurrection, there was this woman that was married, the husband died, her brother married her, the husband died, up to the seventh person who married her, on the resurrection, whose wife will she be? <laughs> so, Jesus looked at them. He knew they didn't understand. He said, on the resurrection, there, there's nothing like husband or wife. Just like the angels. So that question does not arise. And some others asked him and said, okay, with which body shall we be risen? With which body? 
You know, it is because many a time we imagine these things with our scientific minds. You know, we know a lot of science. And, and I keep telling people, the resurrection cannot be analyzed by science. Because you cannot use wind vane to assess somebody's temperature. Neither can you use the clock to tell the temperature. Everything has its function. The resurrection is far above science. Maybe in our own generation, maybe what we would have been asking would have been, okay, since they sold the land to Mr. Okeke, sold to Mr. Okafor, sold to Mr. Okori, on the resurrection, whose land will it be? Because it looks like in our own time, it is land, land, land. People of God, <laughs> at the resurrection, there will not be any such thing. Hallelujah. 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 And so when Paul was writing to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, and he was saying, fight the good fight of faith. What is that good fight of faith that he was talking about? He was talking about resurrection, eternal life. That's what he was talking about, basically. Can we just look at that scripture? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Are we there? It says, fight the good fight. Okay, I'm reading the B part of it. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on what? Eternal life. So fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Let nobody take it away from you. And so the songwriter says, Fight the good fight with all thy might. Christ is thy strength and Christ thy right. Lay hold on life and it shall be. Thy joy and crown eternally. Don't let go of it. So the people agree very easily that Jesus was born. They understand that by science. They have gynecologists. They have pediatricians. They agree that he died. They have morbid pathologists. <laughs> but they don't have people who assess resurrection. So they will not understand it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 30 verse 5 says that weeping may endure for a night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. Again, what is that scripture referring to? Can we just look at Psalm 30? Psalm 30 verses 1 to 3, first of all. I like to read. It says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up. And have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you hailed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. And verse 5 now says, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The resurrection makes all the difference. And because Jesus arose, people of God, continue to say it. Continue to remember that we also 
will arise. Praise the Lord. But I don't know if you believe it too. But I believe it strongly in my heart that we also will do what? Will arise. If you don't believe it, sorry. Believing is a necessity. And is a necessary prelude for resurrection. If you don't believe, there is no way you are going to resurrect. There is no way you are going to bounce back if you don't believe. How do I know? Ezekiel 37 verse 3. In Ezekiel 37 verse 3, the Lord was speaking to Ezekiel. And he, told, he asked him, he said, Son of man, shall these bones live? Can these bones live? What the Lord was looking for was belief from Ezekiel. It was too much for Ezekiel. And so he simply said, Onyewai, it is you that know. It is you that know. So eventually you will find that those bones were raised up. Belief is key. And in 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 to 2, it's a story we know very well. There had been famine in the land of Israel. And so the prophet of God had declared that by this time tomorrow, a barley of wheat will be sold for so and so amount. At a very ridiculous price that if you don't believe, <laughs> it will be at your own peril. And the man who, on whose hand the king leaned opened his mouth and said, well, even if God were to open up, even, even if God were to create windows in heaven, that that would not be possible. And what happened? He did not see the resurrection of Israel. By that next morning when it happened, he was already gone. Praise the Lord. And if you also look at Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, 35 to 36, let me read that. It's concerning Jairus' daughter. It says, While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36 says, And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Only Believe. All things are possible. Only believe. No wonder in John chapter 3 verse 16. Scripture also says that for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish. But have what? Eternal life. Believe an eternal life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Or is it John chapter 11, which reference to Lazarus? Jesus was asking Mary and Martha. Just believe. I have told you to believe. Why would you not believe? I am the resurrection. I am the life. Just believe. So scripture is full of such examples. For want of time, let's proceed. You know, someone, one of us at the last retreat was 
I mean, desiring that it, it, it will be explained to the people what it meant to actually believe in the resurrection of Jesus, in the death and resurrection of Jesus. You know, this morning I just want to say that, I don't think we had time to talk about that then, but I just want to say this morning, you know, while I was thinking about it, what it actually meant, I just want to say that what it simply means to believe in the resurrection of Jesus is nothing else but to believe in the resurrection. There's no other way to describe it. Just the way you believe that you are in church today, that is the way you should believe in the resurrection. The more you try to make a mountain out of it, try to explain it in this way or in that way, just believe it with the mind of a child. That's why Jesus will say that if you don't have the mind of a child, you will not make heaven. It is difficult. So that is what it means. Believe in the resurrection. Full stop. But I have another question for us this morning. And that question is, have you been resurrected? Or maybe the first question I should ask is, have you been dead? People of God, have you been dead before now? Have you been dead? They are wondering, oh, people of God are wondering what kind of question this is. What kind of question this is. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. I want to read it from the Message Bible. It says, when you were stuck in your old sin, dead life, in your old sin, dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive, right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant cancelled and nailed to the cross. So before we became believers, Scripture says that we were dead. But now that we have received Christ, we are what? Resurrected. Hallelujah. We have been resurrected. I don't know if you've ever been, I mean, looking at it from the other perspective, if you've ever been so ill and suddenly the Lord delivered you, or you've been in so much lack and suddenly you are in the midst of plenty, or your marriage was at the point of dissolution and suddenly the Lord healed your marriage. I don't think it would be too difficult for you to understand what resurrect. I mean, to have an idea of what it means for something to really resurrect. You will not have doubts. Or for some of us who have not yet received their healing before today, <laughs> you will soon know what it is like. Because this morning, the Lord will resurrect you in the name of Jesus. The Lord will resurrect you in the name of Jesus. The resurrection ensures that we are never down and out. Never. We can never be down and out with the resurrection. Like I said earlier, death is not final. But this is what it actually means to be resurrected. To be resurrected means to arise from the dead with a new purpose with a new vision. I tell you the truth. If you are resurrected and you still have the same vision, the same plan you used to have before, 
then put a question mark on that resurrection. Because resurrection will transform you to the extent that the moment you arise, there is a change. New agenda. In Ezekiel chapter 37, you will also see that when the bones arose, they became what? A mighty army. They became a mighty army. Mighty army for what? To do God's work. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I also wonder what it would have really been if Jesus had just died for us. And full stop. That's all. What would it have been like? What would have happened? Okay, maybe because scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Okay, our sins will be forgiven. And so, after that, what next? Okay, you will not be punished. You will not be punished for the sins we committed. Okay, no problem. After that, what next? No life eternal. Nothing more than that. No new agenda. And that's why you cannot take away the death of Jesus from the resurrection. Neither can you take this resurrection from the death. Both of them have to always be coupled. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, I just want to imagine now that today was Good Friday, for example. And then put my mind, just put, imagine myself in, in that situation that the disciples of Jesus were on that day when Jesus was on the cross. That uh, hymn for someone typifies it. And I'd like us to just sing it again. We'll just sing the first two verses first. We'll sing the first two verses first without the chorus. And then we'll now sing the chorus two times. And when we are singing the first two verses, just imagine all the challenges that has come your way before now. The challenges that you've had. Oh, how it is that you are lying low. And then when it is time to sing up from the grave, he arose. We all will stand up to sing the chorus. Hallelujah. Choir, are you ready? So let's go. You are going at my pace, so watch me.
seated. Matthew chapter 27 verse 52. It says, and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection. Coming out of the graves after his resurrection. Coming out of the graves after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. What were they appearing to many doing? They were appearing to many, testifying of what the Lord has done for them. So the difference that the resurrection makes in our lives, you know, without the resurrection, I tell you the truth, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit would not have come to be. It would not have come to be. John chapter 16 verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The resurrection makes a lot of difference. Praise the Lord. It also turns us into an exceedingly great army, like we said earlier. And again, it gives us a new sense of purpose, having already been raised. A resurrected person cannot keep it a secret too. Did you see last, was it last Sunday, when our daddy, Sir Steve, gave his testimony? Immediately he finished giving it. He said that, in fact, that for the rest of his life, he is going to use it to serve God. I don't know if I'm paraphrasing or but that was what he said. A resurrected person does not keep it a secret. It's not possible. So, if you say you are resurrected, that God has done this or that for you, where there was no hope before now, and you are keeping it quiet, then there is a problem with that resurrection. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the story of Lazarus for a while. John chapter 11, verse 43. John eleven forty-three. Are we there? John eleven forty-three says... Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead came out, bound hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Lose him and let him go. Did you take note of that word, go? Lose him and let him go. It's on the screen. Lose him and let him do what? Go. It's on our banner. Is a consequence of resurrection. And then 
look at verse 10 of chapter 12. It says, But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Verse 11 says, Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in the risen Lord. Maybe Lazarus was going about singing, Man may not understand how far you brought me. Man may not understand. And so he was singing it. And people were saying, eh, What is it that he has done for you? And he was telling them. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes I, I, maybe not sometimes, but all the time, I like to share my own testimony. I'm beginning to think I have shared it too often, but let me share it one more time. You know, I was resurrected. Let me just read something to you. I brought this letter while I was coming. I'm going to read some parts of it. Department of Surgery, University College Hospital, Ibado. 15 September 1997. It says, this is to certify, to whom it may concern, this is to certify that the University College Hospital, Ibado, is at present not doing any open heart procedures. I had a need for an open heart procedure. It says, I understand that Master Zubiko Keke, a five-year-old son of a police inspector at Aba, has a severe form of pulmonary stenosis. A severe form of pulmonary stenosis. This type of heart disease can only be repaired in a center where facilities for open heart surgery are available. I go down. He says, his survival will be a great asset to the police force of Nigeria in sponsoring him for the operation which will save his life. Without an operation, he may not survive another year or two. That was in 1977. Sincerely yours. S.A. Adebonojo. You know, but so, suddenly, when I was in the secondary school, I began to, I began to, because we're in the boarding school, in the, in the boarding house, I, I, I wasn't so sure whether I should let people, you know, when you want to dress, you want to cover yourself well because you don't want them to see the mark on your chest. They shouldn't see it too. And one day, suddenly, they saw the mark. I mean, for how long will you hide it in the boarding school? They saw the mark. And the moment they saw the mark, and my games master also knew about it, they no longer featured me in football that I liked to play. They said, this one will die in our hand, though. We will not feature him. So because of that discrimination, the discrimination became so much. Any small thing, they would say, if I push you now, you go die. So the discrimination became so much that when I entered the university, whether by divine orchestration or what, I don't know, I now stayed alone off campus. No, not alone, actually, with my brother. I mean, so he knew about me, so there was nothing to hide again. But suddenly, I began to realize that in the university, nobody really knew. And I began to play football the way I liked. Play for my faculty. Reverend Dr. Niagonos. You know, play for my... Any, they would say, please come and play, come and play, come and play. They didn't know. So I was playing and enjoying myself. But you know, one day, it was as if the enemy was telling me, are you really sure there was anything much that God did for you? Yeah, there's nothing much. Can't you see that there is really nothing much that he did for you? So I began to say, eh? Is it really possible that there was nothing much that God did for me? But this testimony is very true. And I, I remember I encountered Christ when this thing happened. I took off my shirt, went to the mirror, touched my shirt, my chest, and I, I felt the scar. I saw it. The scar was still there. So what is this car for now? And if there was really nothing that God did for me, I heard a voice 
very low voice. He said, it is for times like this that I have left this car. I said, ah, okay. And then my mind went back to Thomas. Maybe it is for people like Thomas that the scar on the hand of Jesus was also left. How would Thomas have believed? Some of us are already resurrected, but we see a scar and we think that, oh, no, it is, it is, it, this, this resurrection is not real. It is real. Don't let the enemy deceive you. It is real. It is real. I'm sure that by the grace of God, we are going to still hear many more testimonies of people that God has restored in a very powerful way. This is nothing else but the power of his resurrection. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the resurrection of Jesus also guarantees us a future reunion with our loved ones. But the question is, suppose our loved ones never believed. Suppose they never believed. Suppose those ones who are still alive now have not even believed, but we have believed. So, how will they believe if no one speaks to them? We have been sent to go. Are we going? How will there be a reunion? Or perhaps they had believed, but we ourselves have not really believed. How will there be a reunion? With our loved ones and with Christ. It will not happen except we believe and ensure that they also believe. Finally, people of God, I have found out that there is a barrier, a very prominent barrier to resurrection. And if you are not careful, that is the barrier that may put you down. Yes, that barrier is unbelief. And that unbelief is as a result of the kind of heart that we have. A heart of stone. Can we just look at, let's look at Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. Verses 3 to 6. Mark 16, 3 to 6. Okay, it says, And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed, but seek Jesus. Okay, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is what? Risen. John chapter 11. John 11. Verse 38. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. It is time for resurrection. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of Jesus, who... Martha, the sister of him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? And in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, Scripture also talks about the stony heart. And it says, I will take away your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. It is the heart of flesh that has the capacity to believe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Can we just examine ourselves this morning? Do we really believe? If we don't believe, then it means that we have a heart of stone. And the Lord Jesus needs to come into that heart. And for him to come into that heart, the heart has to be prepared to receive him. If your heart has not been prepared before now, can you just begin to pray and talk to the Lord? And tell him, Lord, prepare my heart. I want you to come into my heart. I want to have a heart of flesh. A heart that will be receptive to your word. Just begin to talk to him. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Can you ask the Lord to come into your life if you want to give your life to him this morning? It is a perfect day to surrender to him. Can you just speak to him? Say this prayer after me if you want to accept Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came and died for me. And I know that if I were the only one who was sinful, you would still have come. Lord, I am grateful. Thank you because you rose again. Thank you because you rose again. I will also arise with you this morning and in the future. In the name of Jesus, send me your Holy Spirit that I may live and walk according to your will. To your glory and praise. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks and praise because you resurrected. Thank you for all the blessings that has come to us and that will yet come to us on account of your resurrection. Thank you for healings that you have brought forth this morning. Healings of diverse kinds. Thank you for restorations of diverse kinds. Financial restoration. Thank you also for marriages that hitherto had been broken down. But Lord, that this morning, oh God, they have been resurrected. Thank you, O Lord, as you continue to prepare us for the future and the coming resurrection in which we shall yet be reunited with you. To your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you.